All right, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. This evening, while you open your Bibles and turn there, why don't I pray for us? Father God, we thank you that you have not saved us into loneliness, but that you have saved us into a fellowship, a sweet fellowship of people. Thank you for Grace Covenant Baptist Church. Thank you that we can gather on an evening on the Lord's Day to bring our prayers and supplications to you. Thank you for this sweet time. Father, we, we are weak. You are our strength. And your word is a hammer. It discerns to the joint of bone and marrow, discerning the thoughts of men. And so we pray, give us ears to hear and eyes to see the light of your scripture that we may believe it and obey it for the sake of Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. Make a habit of... uh, taking my dog for morning walks, Emma. She waits for me by the door. She, she knows the pattern, and we have a, a, yard, uh, a park that is adjacent to our yard. We go into this park, and there is uh, there's a, a wooded tree area. And in the morning, the shadow of those trees are casted over the field that I walk through, and also in the morning, the sun rises and pockets of sunlight penetrate through those trees into the field. And those pockets of sunlight happen to be little pockets of warmth for me. I find them, I seek them out, and I'll stand in the middle of this field soaking in as much light as I possibly can. It's it feels good. You'll, you'll find me there. Probably looks strange from the house, but that's what happens in the morning. Emma does the same thing. She finds a pocket of light in the house, and she lays in it. She rolls over, and she takes it in. People do it, right? We flock to the beaches in the summertime because we love to take in the light. Life loves light because light gives life. We're going to explore that reality in our text for this evening, which again is Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Look there now, uh, if you have your Bible open there. We're going to read the first four verses of Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. So what I'd like to do with you uh, is just think through some of the functions of light in life as we see it here in verse 3. And that first function is Scripture is light. Scripture is light because God is a speaking God, and God 
said, let there be light, and there was light. God speaks, and his creation obeys. God is Lord. He's Lord over all things, and that's demonstrated here first as he begins to shape his creation into something suitable, life-giving, you know, a life-standing creation. In the first two verses of the Bible, we have this narration. It says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, but it was without form. It was a void. It was a formless mass of earth completely covered by water and surrounded by utter darkness. It is lifeless and black. At this point, it is really good for nothing. It needs to be shaped and designed into something good, and so God takes that first necessary step by speaking light into existence. The initial creation out of verses 1 and 2 is not a final form, but God, as architect, begins to shape it into its final product by taking that first step in creating light. And we see what God says about it in verse 4 after he creates it. He says, it was good. It's the first refrain of, it was good. Now we're getting somewhere. That's progress. It's a first step. Where would we be without light? It is really a hopeless thought. But light gives hope. And so there's much more to this. It goes beyond the scientific natural reality of concentrated photon particles for energy. Hope takes us into something much larger, into the theological realities and truths of God. And just in verse 3 alone, we can conclude that God is a speaking God. This is the first, this is the very first Revelation and all of the Bible to you about God. He is communicating to you first and foremost of greatest importance that he is a speaking God and that he would speak to us in and through the scriptures that you might have truth illuminated to you and that makes scripture light. Scripture is light. It is the only source of true knowledge. Psalm 119, 105, the word, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Same Psalm, verse 130, the unfolding of your word gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Well, that's you and that's me. We, we are the simple. And Scripture is the light to our otherwise darkened minds, to our otherwise simple minds, as the psalmist would put it. That is why Scripture is referred to metaphorically as food, food for life, bread from heaven, but you have to eat, right? Do you eat regularly? Or are you malnourished and filled with too much of your own darkness? This obviously is a massive Christian reality with far-reaching implications for life. You can sit under this teaching and you can agree with it. Can, you can mentally ascend to what I'm saying. But the bottom line is, what do you do with it 
when you walk out the door. I heard in Chris's prayer for the moms that they would be in the Word, that they would find time for the Word, right? In our fallen nature, we create obstacles to allowing us to have the time necessary to expose our darkened minds to the light of God. John 3.19, the light has come into the world and the people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Christian or not, that's true of the flesh. It's natural. We naturally go about building our lives in such a way that prevents us from spending the necessary time of exposing the darkness of our minds to the truth of Scripture as light. And so whatever the obstacles are in your life, we, we, we need to take this to heart. We need to deconstruct those obstacles. We need to remove them out of our lives, lest we refuse to listen to a speaking God who speaks through the light of Scripture. Point number two, God is light. God himself is light. If Scripture is light, then of course the source is light. 1 John 1.5, this is the message we have heard and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. This is John's way of teaching us about the nature of God through a passage of Scripture that's really about walking in the moral corruption of darkness versus walking in the moral purity of light. So when John says God is light, it's really a statement about his moral purity, that he's spiritually perfect, morally excellent, that he's utterly transcendent. This is what Scripture means in saying that God is light. And that's also John's argument for Christian holiness. From John's perspective, he draws two conclusions, that we should walk in the light as he is in the light, and that we should be a confessing people because we aren't always in the light. Sometimes we lose the battle and we sin, and when we do, we confess it. We don't hide it in the darkness, but we bring it out into the light by confessing to God and to one another. And so the light of God is, is far-reaching into the Christian life. Not only should we fill ourselves with the light of Scripture, but we see that we should obey God as light, and when we don't, then we confess it to God and to others. But God is light. God is pure as utterly transcendent is also problematic. It presents a problem, and that's point number three, the problem of light. The problem of light. Scripture tells us that God dwells in unapproachable light. And we, on the other hand, Scripture says, sit in the darkness. We sit in the darkness of sin, and these two things are utterly incompatible. They cannot go together. And what may be even more problematic is that light, when it is intensified, when it concentrates, it burns and it destroys. If you were anything like me, when I was a kid, I used to love to play with mom's magnifying glass. If you have never done it, I have found that just a little light could set anything ablaze. 
with a magnifying glass. It could be an ant starting a fire. I mean, this was just a, a simple pleasure as a kid. Loved to spend time uh, just exploring how far I could take light. And so it is with light. The very thing that makes God beautiful and worthy of praise that God is light is the same thing that makes him unapproachable for a people who sit in the darkness of sin. We can't handle pure light. We can't handle it. Earlier I said we'd like to go to the beach because it's warm. But if you were in the southern hemisphere, if you were in the Bahamas and it was 100 degrees out, you might not go to the beach because it's hot and it can destroy. It's concentrated. The surface of the sun is 10,000 degrees. If you tried to stand on the surface of the sun, you would be immediately evaporated. That's hard to imagine. But now imagine, multiply that by infinity. I mean, any, any, any metaphor is going to fail, but multiply that by an infinity, and now you have yourself standing before a holy God who is pure light. It's coming. That day is coming which is a huge problem because that means you won't always be able to hide your sin in darkness because one of the key functions of light is that it exposes. Eventually that day will come. The day of the Lord will come. It comes for us all. And he will expose all of our works by the light of his glory. And when that day comes, what will happen to you then? Will his light burn and destroy? Will it set you ablaze to the condemnation of eternal fire? And at the end of the day, is there a greater question a person could face? Really, the problem of light is the only problem that matters because it's the only problem that has eternal implications. Fortunately for us, God as light also means that God is love. And because God is love, he gives us life, and that leads us to our fourth and last point, the hope of light. The hope of light. From verse 3, we can conclude that God is a creative, wise, intelligent architect. We see this in him as he lays the foundational groundwork in creating light in order to pave the way for life. That's what he's doing here. Life would not be possible without light. Try to imagine a universe devoid of light and just utter darkness. It's cold, it's lifeless, it's black, it's a chilling picture, and it's good for nothing. But here, God speaks, and there's light. And in verse 4, he says that it's good because light is for life. Light is for life, and light brings hope. And so when I'm reading Genesis 1-3, I'm filled with great joy. It's very satisfying to see God at work here. He is a wise architect and designer, and he's going to work in creating life, and in doing so, he always had Christ in mind. Only God can pull all of those things together. Scripture is light. God is light. And that means Jesus is light. Jesus testified of his own self, I am the light of the world. And now we're seeing that life, we're going to see that life itself, life itself is light. Listen to what 
John says about Jesus in the Gospel of John in chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, John says about Jesus, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The life was the light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So in the end, light prevails, and so light is hope because life is light. And so even though light is really the separating problem, it is also what ties everything together. God is light. He's in unapproachable light, but Jesus makes that light accessible through the gospel and through faith in him. When we put our faith and trust in Christ, we ourselves become light because the light of Christ is imputed onto us. It's imputed onto us. When that happens, we ourselves become wrapped in light. But you have to respond to it. You have to respond to it. That means you have to churn from all your vain ideas about light and your problem of unbelief doesn't change that the sun will rise, that this will happen, that the great day of judgment will come. And when that happens, all of your works will be exposed by the light of God. And the question then will be, will you be found standing alone or will you be found wrapped in the light of Christ? Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you for light, that it gives life, that it is life, and that life is found in your Son, Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. Father, I pray that you would help us to obey this truth, that you would open up the eyes of unbelief, that you would unstop the ears, and that you would create new life where there was only darkness, to the glory of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.